Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello and welcome to Inside Illini Basketball. Joey Wright and Scott Ritchie in with you. Scott, we're just a few hours removed from the end of Illinois' season. The ninth-seeded Illini today losing to eighth-seeded Arkansas 73-63 in Des Moines. We're in our Urbandale studios breaking this one down. Tough loss for Illinois. Felt like Arkansas's game for a lot of the game. Yeah, and it was a fitting loss, I think, for what this Illinois season has been uh, because a lot of the same things that tripped up the Illini throughout the year uh, were the same things that hurt them today, Uh, a slow start. I mean, Arkansas had a 14-point lead at one point in the first half. Illinois got it down to single digits, then it went back to 10 at halftime. Uh, Then the turnovers became even more of an issue in the second half. Uh, Three-point shooting wasn't there. And, you know, in typical fashion, there was a comeback attempt. I mean, what you can't say about this line of team is that they quit. <laughs> um, but every time they seem to have, you know, put together a little run, maybe get a little momentum in the second half, it was uh, a turnover stopped it. Or um, maybe a, a bad look, you know, a bad take, a bad shot offensively stopped it. Or missed free throw stopped it. So... Yeah, they didn't help themselves down the stretch, and it just—it was the same thing that's just plagued this team all year. And you know, that inconsistency is how you wind up in an eight-nine game, and it's how you lose it. Illinois in the first half only shot about twenty-eight percent, eight of twenty-nine from the field. They recovered to go about the same from the field that Arkansas did. In fact, if you if you look at the percentages, they shot a little bit better, 38.5% to 38.1%. But, Scott, you're right. Uh, those inconsistent elements, turnovers, were a big part of this game as well. Illinois turning the ball over 17 times to the Razorbacks, 11. 19 points off turnovers for the Razorbacks. Yeah, and if you look at you know, some of the other stats, like you know, Illinois did shoot it better in the second half, but they scored um, .840 points per possession, and like one point, like one point zero, like that's just sort of base average. Like if you're doing that, you're playing okay offensively. Anything below that, it's it's a struggle. And then Illinois turned it over on almost a quarter of its possessions, twenty-two point seven percent, and it's just not sustainable. Like you cannot give another team that many extra opportunities because it's not like Arkansas played terrific basketball today. Like they were fairly inefficient, and mm-hmm. they had some turnover troubles of their own. Um, but Illinois just it was more for Illinois, more of everything that you couldn't have. Arkansas shooting that 38%, as you alluded to, on 63 field goal attempts. Illinois, 38.5% on 52 field goal attempts. Made 20 of their looks. Arkansas made 24. And something Brad Underwood mentioned in the press conference post game. you alluded to those extra chances 
Arkansas 11 offensive rebounds, Illinois only had three. I don't think that was the difference in the game. Arkansas only had six second-chance points to the Illini's five, but Illinois just uh, it didn't do a lot to help themselves today. No, and I don't know that anyone should have expected anything different, and that's actually something Coleman Hawkins said after the game was he said it wasn't maybe, you know, the loss wasn't hard to swallow. It was just like it's what happens when you don't run good offense, when you turn it over, when you make mistakes. And the way Illinois played all year, it's like it was almost expected that it was going to yeah. happen again. Um, and it did. Like that's – and Coleman Hawkins was shouldering a lot of the blame, you know, for the, the loss after the game and really for the season as a whole and um, just that – it's some of the stuff that he talked about yesterday. It was just like, was it his fault? Had he done enough to lead? And he basically came to the conclusion today that he apparently he hadn't. That he just hadn't found the right way to approach that leadership role. You know, the right way to maybe get across to his teammates like these mistakes that everyone keeps making are unacceptable. And it just, you know, the accountability piece was was a little tough to find. Absolutely. And you mentioned Coleman Hawkins' post-game reactions. Take us inside the locker room. Nice perk of the NCAA tournament, open locker rooms after the game. I went to the press conference. You went to the locker room. What was the vibe in there? What did some of the other players you talked to have to say about this one? I mean, it's a pretty muted vibe. I mean, You'd expect. Yeah, after, <laughs> the, after the loss. But, I mean, just even that, though, I mean, all of the you know, Illinois players that I talked to, like, they – they sat there. They were available for the 30 minutes, and they you know, talked about. They didn't, you know, avoid the issue. Like they understood the things that they did not do well were, you know, the cause of this loss. Um, I thought, and there's a lot of honesty, like with Coleman, you know, talking about how he felt like he had failed as a leader a little bit, and then you know Matthew Meyer. You know, I talked to him uh, and asked because he, he watched the last 10 plus minutes from the bench. You know, he checked out with. 10.38 to play. Um, had only made two free throws at that point, missed every other shot he took, and, and I asked him if it was difficult to watch, and he's like, no, like, coaches made the right decision by not putting me back in the game, because, you know, he you know, just said he was playing bad basketball. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, he just said, you know, and he doesn't really let emotions mm. guide him that much, I mean, or dictate you know, kind of how he's feeling, um, at least when it comes to, to basketball. So I thought that was you know, fairly candid. Um, but just disappointment was the, the main theme, and they could see it on their faces. Like, you know, Brad Underwood talks a lot about the abruptness of the end, and it was abrupt and it ended. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, a, a tough way for the season to end, for sure. And kind of to maybe I, – I know we talked on yesterday's podcast about uh, – how the tournament would unfold. I, I do want to briefly, and because obviously, you know, Illinois focus, not don't really care so much about Arkansas or Kansas, but it sets up a battle between Arkansas and Kansas in round two of the tournament. The way Arkansas played today, uh, you know, they, as you said, were not the most efficient team in the world, but still some good performances. Ricky Council, the fourth, 18 points, 16 points for Devontae Davis and 12 for Anthony Black, uh, can we expect Arkansas to maybe hop into the Sweet 16? Of course, Kansas looked good today against Howard. Close in the first half, they kind of pulled away in the second half. After watching both teams play today, I would 
say no, I don't yeah. anticipate it being <laughs> close. Because what, what stands out to me looking at, at Arkansas tonight, um, they had four assists on 24 made shots. It was just a lot of ISO ball. Yeah. And it worked enough for Illinois, but you know, watching Kansas, they run good offense. And they get good shots, and they make a lot of them. Uh, I think that's going to be to their advantage against an Arkansas team that's got some scores, but I that can just go get a bucket. But at some point, like, there are easier shots to make than the ones that Arkansas was taking. Mm-hmm. And they had to take them just cause, but, because there was no real offense to be found. I agree. Had to sneak that in there, give it a little NCAA tournament feel. Uh, as we record this, we're watching – Houston and Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky making a game of this here, 41-38, about 11.5 to play in the second half. So by the time this is recorded and uploaded, we'll know who has uh, won that game. But that's March, right? I mean, Howard giving it to to Kansas a little there in the first half, and then Kansas pulls away. Want to shift back to Illinois, though, Scott, and uh, questions that will be answered, I'm sure, on many future episodes of Inside Illini Basketball to come. There will be many words uh, about this written in the pages of the News Gazette and online. But just your quick thoughts, what's the future of Illinois basketball? You know, you're looking at 2023-24. Uh, you've got a couple players with NBA draft prospects, of course, the transfer portal. Who knows how that's going to uh, impact things. Just your your broad thoughts uh, in a snapshot right now. What are you thinking is the, the early outlook maybe for next season? Way too early preview. I mean, the cop house to say I have no idea. <laughs> but I and think that's that, a fair answer, right? I think that's, that's an honest answer because, yeah. well, let's look at it this way. Matthew Myers is the only player that can't come back. Mm-hmm. He's exhausted his eligibility. He's done. Everyone else can. Will they? No. I mean, I think in this era of college basketball, it's just it'd be naive to think that everyone will come back. Right. Um, they could. I just don't think they will. Uh, I mean, and there's decisions to be made. Um Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon have been projected as mid to late second round picks in the NBA draft. Is that enough to get them to say, yeah, that's the path I want to, I want to follow. Uh, I don't know. Um, but Illinois probably needs to have a little more continuity from season to season than they did from last year to this year, because all of those new players trying to, get them to gel, get them to figure out what they are as a team together. Um, I'm not sure it ever happened. Like, at least not fully. At least not enough to, you know, be consistent. Uh, so if they can avoid a little bit of that, I think that will be, you know, really important. And But that's, you know, Luke Goody talked about, you know, he's like, hopefully we can maybe talk Coleman into coming back for his senior year. Um, but he, you know, he said, you know, with him and RJ coming back, I don't know. I don't know if he has any insight there that uh, they're both going to be back on the roster next year. It sounds like Luke will, um, but I think we're just hopeful that RJ was. And that gives them base. Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris, Jaden Upps. I mean, those are three freshmen that played a lot this year. They come back. I think that gives Illinois a good core. You supplement that with Imani Hansberry and Drake Gibbs Lawhorn as the incoming freshmen, and then. Depending on what the roster looks like, a transfer or two, I think and that'll depend on you know, if Coleman this does decide to go pro. Um, Needs some front front court help you know, next to Dane Danger. Um, you know, Brandon Lieb just been in that backup role 
in his time here, so I don't know what his future holds. I think he'll be back. He's very much into this program and being at Illinois. Um, but from a basketball standpoint, need somebody besides Dane. Um, so he hit the transfer portal, and Brad Underwood said that he was looking at some portal options last night. He said he, he's going to look at more tonight. I mean, so there's really no <laughs> – you just immediately go from one season to the next now. There's no break. Um, the portal opened up on, on Monday. There's already almost 1,000 players in it. Uh, it's as fast as it's gotten to, I think, 900-plus since the portal became a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's – there's no time to really reflect on what this season was because Brett Underwood has to start figuring out what next season's going to be. One player he won't have next season, no surprise, Sky Clark, not coming back. Seconds after the buzzer, maybe the same second as the buzzer sounded, he announced he's going to Louisville next year. It seems simultaneous. Um, <laughs> so when he left the team in January, you know, for personal family reasons is you know, the way he put it, Obviously, was still on the roster at that point. They never took him off like the the roster online, um, but officially entered the portal on Monday. Committing to Louisville on Thursday. I think he had a visit this week, but um, there had been some fairly strong rumblings that that's the direction this was going to go uh, for a while now. Um, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> no, I mean, and it put Illinois in a real pickle. You know, this season, you know, because they went with Sky Clark as opposed to maybe getting a veteran point guard out of the portal. And once they committed to Sky and he committed to them, that was it. Like, they weren't I – w- I don't know how you talk a veteran point guard into coming into that situation. And they, and if they could, I don't know that Sky Clark would have been very happy. It turns out he wasn't happy anyway because he left. Um, <laughs> but it – created a scenario where they didn't have like a veteran point guard to run the offense and maybe that changes things where they actually do run some offense and I know RJ Melendez in the post game press conference you know talked about how this team just at times just didn't run the plays that Brad Underwood would signal in from the bench and that's a problem I mean He's calling them for a reason. And, like, I get, you know, basketball, you know, you can see things on the court and maybe you go a different direction, but it, that didn't necessarily work all that well for the, for Illinois. So maybe if they had a veteran point guard, it's all different, but that's hindsight being what it is. You know, and, so they, and they didn't have one, and here we are after a first-round game and talking about the end of the season. Top way for it, Dan. Illinois... Out in the first round of the NCAA tournament, Arkansas advances to play Kansas in the round of 32. Any final thoughts on Illinois basketball, Scott? I do have to ask how your brackets are looking here. I know, you know, certainly we've been able to follow all of the games intently today. Uh, we haven't been focused on the Illinois game at all, but uh, do you know how your brackets are looking? I know, I know, Furman big win for the the Paladins today has you in good shape. That's the one that has me in good <laughs> shape. Um, Arizona getting beat by Princeton. Did not see that coming. But I, I did pick Furman to upset Virginia. Crazy finish to Oof. that game. And I'd just like to give a shout-out to probably not my cousin, but I'm going to claim him, Bob Ritchie, the <laughs> Furman coach. A great win for the Paladins today. Um, but uh, other than that, 
It's been kind of a typical Thursday of the NCAA tournament for me where my racket does not look great, but that's okay because now I can maybe just enjoy the games for, for what they are. We've got Northern Kentucky trying to make a comeback here against Houston. Now Houston's opened it up on our hotel room TV screen, 49-40, about eight and a half to play. Before we sign off, I do want to give a call, though, to the folks at the uh, – uh, I don't know what department of the NCAA is in charge of the March Madness uh, in-arena viewing experience, but, man, the, you know, first day or two, first three or four days, really, of March Madness, so great as a sports fan. I just love how you're at the arena. They're showing live look-ins on the scoreboard. That's kind of cool. I know when Furman hit that shot, it was a picture-in-picture. Picture. The Illinois-Arkansas game was on the, you know, it took up most of the scoreboard, but they did have a, a feed of the Furman-Virginia game on, and when that crazy, you know, steal and score, you know, what, what turned out to be the game winner went in, you heard the crowd erupt, and then during a media timeout that followed, they put the finish on full screen, and the, the crowd really went into a, a tizzy at that point. Uh, just a just a cool event to be a part of uh, in the arena, you know, kind of you still get the madness aspect of it in the venue. Yeah, and you know, this is the third NCAA tournament I've covered uh, in a row, and the first that's maybe felt like the real yeah, the real thing, because <laughs> yeah, this is the first time the locker rooms have been open um, since 2019. So, yeah, it's the best time of year. Love it. I always have. You know, really appreciated my you know teachers growing up that would wheel it and I'll show my age just a little bit. Wheel in the TV <laughs> on the cart so we could watch. But and maybe there was a time or two when I was in college where I had a class that overlapped with you know the the Thursday start of the tournament, and I might not have been in class when that was happening, but <laughs> it's just, you know, if you're a college basketball fan, you can't not just love everything about this. Oh, it's great. I remember when I was in high school, I would uh, pull it up on, you know, the March Madness website and watch all the games that way. That's a cool way to watch. I remember when I was in uh, eighth grade, got to give Mr. Majors a call. I remember that was a really fun day in class. He, uh, put a big bracket over the whiteboard, and we all filled out brackets that day. Math teacher, you can get away with that, right? Statistics and probability <laughs> and everything that uh, comes with that. Sure. So that was a, it was a fun day. I'm sure that bracket – I think that was the year I picked New Mexico State to make a deep run, and they did. Or New Mexico. I don't forget which one. Harvard got them in the first round that year. I do remember watching that. Painful memories. <laughs> there's tough breaks, but there's also a lot of great games. There sure are. And we're recapping Illinois and Arkansas today. Arkansas ending Illinois' season with a 73-63 loss. Scott, I think, uh, what do you say, we leave it there and catch the end of today's games? Yeah, I got Penn State up 16 at halftime against Texas A&M. Glad we left. <laughs> yeah, we had podcasts to do, and we can, we can watch the game on TV, finish it up the night. On, we'll see if Penn State can hold on. 16 points. They might be out of gas. We were talking at the arena. They've played a lot of games here in the last week, you know, short turnarounds and different things related to that. So by the time this is posted and uploaded and you're listening to it, maybe it's late on Thursday night. Maybe you catch us on Friday or into the weekend. You'll know the outcome of that. So you can look back on uh, on this and see how we did. But uh, that, that'll do it for this episode of Inside Illini Basketball. Thanks for following lo- along. Thanks for following along. Scott, I'm all talked out. <laughs> Busy week. 
Thanks for following along News Gazette's coverage in Des Moines. Uh, plenty more coming in the pages of the News Gazette and online. For Scott Ritchie and our photographer, videographer, Anthony Zillis, I'm Joey Wright. This has been Inside Illini Basketball. Thank you for listening.